It's the Chopping It Up Tyler, do you have headphones? Uh, poor connection. I left them at home. You left them at home. <laughs> Are you for real? Uh, kinda, yes. Everybody has, everybody has earbuds. Find so, go find some earbuds. I can hear you. I, we, we echo. Everybody listening will hear me twice. Nobody wants that. Mm. Hearing me once is bad enough. Let me see if I got some. <laughs> Somebody in the hood got some headphones. Yeah. Just go outside. Just say it, Kyle. You and Dre Rowe. Say it. Say it. <laughs> say it. Yo. Say it. Go steal some headphones. You know what? I wasn't <laughs> go to say the gas station. We're trying to live, uh, li- uh, leave that life, man. We're trying to live right. <laughs> We don't steal anymore. Damn, I left him at the crib. Fun fact: ah. Did you know that he was actually my counselor at uh, when I when I was going to? Uh, you need some counseling. Uh, what was you? You was the academic advice. No, was you like the financial advisor? You helped me with my tuition. Where? At uh, <laughs> you know your uh, last job. What is it? Uh, right, uh, specs. Specs. Yeah. I don't remember you. See, you really left an impression on him. See, first of all, he helped me with my financial aid, and that's how I recognized this guy. I was like, yo, that dude looks so familiar when I came to restore. I was like, man, I just, I know this guy. I know this, he looks know this like, attitude from somewhere. Like, uh, he, he looks like someone that's, uh, what do you call it, when the police are looking for someone? Oh, um, profiling. Yep. Yeah, he, lo- it, he looks like a suspect that's been described by witnesses. I'm going to tell you why I cannot forget him, because he worked with a whole bunch of white women. I did work with a lot of white women. So he was... He, he stood was out in, a little bit? He on, he was in his uh, his office sweating bullets. <laughs> he had it closed. I'm like, yeah, this brother doing it right. He makes sure there's no nothing. He can't be accused of nothing. He's chilling. Can we... Part of my... Can we part do of my our, what's uh, I'm sorry. I don't have any. You want me to go to my house and grab some? I'm at the post office. Oh, no, I can grab some from the sound booth. Give me one second. All right. And by right. post Still. office, he Still. means <laughs> like the post office. Like he's going to steal some headphones <laughs> from. He's about to go hold up a post office. <laughs> All right. Everybody, hands up. I believe he's talking about Restore Church, who purchased the post office. That's right. And they're doing yeah. great things in the community. Yeah. Go visit them if you're on the west side of Detroit. Mike Hannafy. Mike Hannafy. Cleet Bontrager. Yep. So it's the Billy Goat. You got it. <laughs> Cleet has a long beard, and Mike has the bald head, and you probably see blood on his clothes <laughs> somewhere because he loves killing animals. That's yeah. what he do. Did you see his latest picture online? No. So there was a picture of him with blood all over his hands, and he was like, ah, he had making his face. You know, he went. Can you hear me? 
Yeah. We got you. Is that better? Boom. Yeah. All right. Let's get that rewind drop. We're going to talk about last week's episode. Are we going to keep all of this? Yes. No, we're not. Oh, yes, of God. course we are. I don't are. think we should keep all this. We you can decide that later. You're the producer. Okay. Rewind. I'm going to drop an F-bomb so we can't keep it. All right. Listen, we need to talk about last episode, Kyle. So Tyler, did you do you did you listen to the episode after we, you know when we post it? You pop it in your your phone, listen while you're driving, anything like that? I, I have better things to do. All right, that's what I figured. So you need to download it so we can increase our we can double our downloads. Right now it's just <laughs> me. It's just me and Kyle, so we need to All right, great. Uh, add a not double it. I don't know what you'd call that. A third it. Well, you're but, surpassing. You can't count. So here's the deal. Or the drops didn't record last time, so when you're listening to it, it didn't record live. So Kyle yeah. goes and adds them in after the fact. So right. what you hear in episode two is me saying, "Oh yeah, we got this sweet drop for yeah, trending. I it. Here I it comes. It works out. Silence, silence. Well, there was oh, no- that was a sweet drop, and there's no drop. There was well, a drop. I added it in." And it made it. <laughs> there see, was no drop. The audience would not have known that there wasn't a drop. If I hadn't said, get ready for this drop, silence. And then I was like, that was a great drop. Tyler, can I fire Kyle? Uh, no, he's black. Thank you. Thank you. Our people have suffered enough. <laughs> Already. Already. So I would bring Al Sharpton. And I would bring Skinny Al up here. Oh. <laughs> Skinny Al will make it happen. You probably had to have a 40 ounce for Jesse Jackson, though. You gotta bring him a 40, 40 ounce of uh, Gatorade. No, 40 ounce of uh, old, old English. Uh, the Reverend. Oh, <laughs> the Reverend, the Reverend. Put, put, put some respect on that man's name. That's right. His legacy of Jesse race baiting. Jackson, man. <laughs> oh man, I love he's him. a legendary race baiter. Leave Jesse Jackson. Well, <laughs> let me <laughs> let me preview the show. Kyle, see if we can get Jesse Jackson on as a guest cool. next next episode. That's okay. okay. Let me preview the show. We we're uh, doing our rewind section right now. We do have a mailbag. We got a real email. So mm. from someone that none of us know, that means we've officially arrived. We're like officially of, official now. Uh, so you can email the show at choppinitup at gmail.com. Do not add a G to the word chopping. Uh, next, we're going to talk about what's trending. And unfortunately, what's trending right now is Terrence Crutcher's death in Tulsa. If we have time, which we probably won't, I'd like to talk about Davo Sweeney's comments from a week ago, just because it ties into <laughs> our episode last week. And then topic of the day today, how the hood became the hood. And last, but certainly not least, a, a fan favorite now, Black Superman interview will be at the end. I love that dude, man. Yeah, we took a survey, Tyler, of who fans' favorite person on the podcast was and uh, Black Superman is in the lead. How do you feel about that? Uh, listen, I, I am not a man of jealousy. I give credit to where credit is due. That's right. So um, he's an American hero. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Well, as the token white guy on the show, I'm in second place. Really? Yeah. I don't believe. I definitely don't believe that's true. <laughs> You're no one's favorite. Exactly. At anything. I don't even think Black Superman likes you. 
That hurts. I definitely. He definitely does not. That hurt. I, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts me deep. Yeah. That's uncalled for. It should. That hurts me deep. It should. <laughs> so, why don't we do our mailbag drop? Mail time. See, that's the problem with doing these lives. With iTunes. All right. So, our first real fan mailbag yes. uh, that we didn't have to pay in order to, to write to us is from Justin Case. He says, Wait a second. That cannot be his real name. That's his name. Justin Case. Just, Come on. I just got Justin it. Case. Justin Case. That's like uh, someone, that's like a prank call. Hey, <laughs> uh, is Justin there? Justin who? Just in case. <laughs> man. Hey, Justin, look, look, man, I didn't look at your name that way. He did. And he's the token white guy. That's okay? Right. Us black people, we used to have messed up names. <laughs> All right, so Justin Case says, Tyler and Noah, okay, I'm listening to podcast number two and admitting I haven't listened to the first. I don't have a problem with Colin K. Kneeling during the playing of the anthem, it's peaceful and it's almost respectful. But do you think it's really effective? Even if every NFL, NHL, and NBA player kneeled, I'm left wondering if it would actually make a real difference. Uh, you know, on with the game. I know it's, it gives the issue visibility, but after all the injustice and killings, you still need an NFL player protesting to get it. You'll never get it. We know now if brothers, Colin K, but if, if he had Bothers. never... But if he had never protested and you asked me, I bet he, he was bothered by the killings. By the way, can you do anything about the Muzak loop in the background? I hear that and I feel like I'm locked in a room forced to watch endless X-File returns while, smoke, while smoking a joint. You guys are great. Justin, oh, and P.S., you got to have Black Superman back on. First of all, I Kyle, like you, Justin. Man. You need to learn how to read, Kyle. First Listen, of first of all, Justin was high when he wrote this email. Possibly, very likely. <laughs> you have to be high to listen to this podcast. That's right. Get through the whole thing. That's right. Because we do guys, not. Or very bored. Or we do very not bored. condone. Does condone mean accept? We do not accept. Mm -hmm. We do not condone being high, unless you're high on Jesus. That's right. Or maybe you just had a little too much coffee. That's right. Which That's I have right now with three shots of espresso. Yeah, that's wrong. We're going to pray for you. Please. <laughs> you said Luke in the background. <laughs> that was actually a beat for my upcoming project, Justin. Oh, wow. Same as blood. Now I'm going to make a diss track about you. Send it in the music. You, you have to be hired. All right, Tyler, let's answer this email. Basically, the question is, is what Colin Kaepernick did, is doing, is it really effective? Does it really make any difference in the real world, what do you think? Are, are we talking about it right now? Yes. Have we been talking about this for three weeks? Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, Justin <laughs> Tyler just laid the smack down. On <laughs> He's our only fan. We have one fan besides Joel Clark. That's right. Who writes 25-minute emails, so be nice to Justin. I can't forget about my mother. She listens to this as well. She must be proud. Yeah. I have to give her directions on how to play this on her phone every week. How do I put that on my phone on the YouTube? Exactly. <laughs> and she'll refer it to a podcast. She say, Kyle, I want to listen to your new song. Mother, it's not a song. It's not it's a, a podcast. Song. 
I would say, Justin, you know, it is effective. I think it's interesting you have high schoolers and youth sports uh, participants who now are kneeling during the anthem. Mm -hmm. There's been some news stories about that. I think, and we talked about this a little bit last week with the Black Lives Matter movement on the thumbs up or thumbs down. I think the only thing, I don't want to say wrong or, or that's been lost, is people are confused about what Colin is protesting, and that'll probably always be the case. I wish someone intelligent like Tyler, you hear that, Tyler? Mm. He's called you intelligent. Well, I appreciate that very You're much. Welcome. Even though you don't mean it, but you know, well, I'll take it. You don't. I wish someone intelligent would help interpret to everybody else what exactly it is that Colin is protesting. Mm -hmm. Even with, we'll talk about this a little bit with our trending topic. Um, I guess I'll wait. I'll wait till we get to the trending topic. But yeah. when it comes to a shooting, are people protesting that shootings are happening? Or are they protesting that these police officers aren't even going to court for these shootings? Those are two very yeah. different things. And they're different. They are different. And so I think when people see Colin Neal, they just think he's protest. Like, take Dabo Sweeney's comments. He's just saying things, assuming he knows what Colin's actually protesting, and I don't think he actually does. Mm -hmm. So even though he's even though he's articulated several times what he's protesting, people make up I think what they want to think about. Well, he must be protesting this, even though yeah, he said that he's not. But I certainly think it's been effective to answer the question: Is it going I, to stop I... people from getting shot? No, no protest is. Uh, could it potentially be another catalyst for change in the judicial system? Sure. Uh, that's what all this pressure is for. Right. So, good good email, just in case. I don't think that's actually your name. <laughs> I, I think... I think so. Like, he has a legit email that has his full name included. Unless he created an email before he sent this. Let, let me... Listen, listen, we all can't be named Flipiak. That's Thank a good you. name. We all can't have that name. We at the public pool growing up, we go over to the, you know, you'd be like, "Hey, is Kyle Lake, you know, come to the snack bar kind of thing?" Like, if you're missing your person you came with, so we'd go and we'd give them names like this. <laughs> Justin, hey, can you can you call for Justin Case? My favorite one, and this is inappropriate. Oh no. You call for Mike. Mike who? I shouldn't say this. <laughs> you might as well say it. We all want to hear. Last name Roch. Okay. Well, you're you're, you're obviously a mature adult. Um. <laughs> Let's put a drop for white man joke. Right. <laughs> That's cool. if, we an, if we get another email from someone with a made-up name, I think I think we should throw it out. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. Shout out to Justin. I think it's Stop your real name, Justin. So I'm sorry that they are. No one's just a hater. No one's just a hater. I'd be ashamed to email this show, too. <laughs> to the two black guys on the show, we love you, Justin, and we thank you. Sorry that the only white guy on this show doesn't like your name. <laughs> but, yeah. right, we better get to our trending topic. Oh, boy. Sadly, it's a very serious topic. Kyle, you want to kick this off for us? Trending topic. 
So, <clears throat> Terrence Crutcher, if you guys didn't know, um, was a black man um, who was shot down by police. Um, uh, what day was that? It was, um, maybe it was I think it was last Friday. Last, last Friday. Friday. He was shot I down believe. by police. And um, he was actually shot by a female officer who was Caucasian. Um, and the, the what happened was is that the, we all heard about the killing, but then they released the footage maybe the day after, um, and we were able to see uh, two different angles of the shooting. And the first angle was from uh, one of the cop cars, uh, which belonged to a cop who was in pursuit of um, Terrence. And then there was another angle from, um, I believe they were officers who... Um, who actually, you know, operate the helicopter. So from both angles, you can see that Terrence had his hands up and he was kind of walking towards the truck and the cops were fo uh, following him. Um, and you can hear the dialogue uh, between the officers in the helicopter and they were basically saying, hey, they should taser him. And it sounds, it looked like, it also sounded like they did taser him, uh, but he was also fatally wounded. Um, be Officer Betty felt like her life was in danger, as she said. Um, the problem was, was that they did not find a weapon on Terrence. So, uh, this is another black man shot down, and um, it caused a lot of uproar uh, because it is similar to other black m uh, men um, and also other black women that we've seen uh, lives being taken by the hands of um, officers. So... What do you guys think? Um, my my first thought is, uh, first thought is usually um, just the devastation that this must um, inflict on a family. Um, and uh, Christmas of 2008, uh, my brother was uh, robbed and murdered, and I just remember the 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 raw pain I don't even know I don't even really have the words to describe it um, when someone you love is um, just snatched away from you like that so my first thought is always um, the family just I can't even yeah it's just horrible horrible thing and then secondly uh, my mind always goes back to past experiences and I'm just thankful to God that um, because I've had similar experiences. I've talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, I had a police officer um, when my car, same situation, my car was broken down. I'm on the side of the road and he's walking toward me and I'm walking backwards, but he has his hand on his weapon asking me questions. Um, what are you doing? When will AAA be here? With his hands on his weapon um, while walking toward me, um, and just other sim similar situations of officers approaching my car with guns already drawn. So my mind just automatically uh, goes back there and just uh, I'm just thankful to God by his grace that um, I wasn't a hashtag and I wasn't on a T-shirt because I very easily could have been. Um, because when you are and this is this is something uh, I may be getting ahead of us, but this is something that um, I get tired of hearing the narrative. I get tired of hearing. Um, why don't you just lay down? Why don't you just do this? He should have did this. You know, the armchair quarterback. And I guarantee, I guarantee all of the people who are saying this 
has never had a gun pointed at them by a police officer while they were screaming at the top of their lungs. Mm-hmm. Your mind is racing. You can't think. You're terrified. You, you are totally shaken. Uh, the last thing on your mind is um, <laughs> I should do this and then I should do that. You're, you're having, you have multiple police officers screaming and pointing weapons at you. So unless you've had that experience happen to you, which I have, I don't want to hear your armchair quarterbacking of how Terrence could have saved his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that that stuff. I mean that that narrative, frankly, just really pisses me off um, because being a a black man that is six three and at one time was three hundred pounds, I'm all autom- just like him. He looks like a bad dude. I'm automatically viewed as a threat mm-hmm. by police. Mm-hmm. I'm automatically viewed by a, as a threat because of my size. So it's just it's just the same thing with um my, my, my the same thing with um Sterling. Um you're a large black man, so the force we're gonna use is gonna be uh fatal just because it's a it's a it's a possible chance that maybe our lives could be at stake. Right. Um without even knowing the force. It's just yeah, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just another, another, another case of Profiling. He looks like a bad dude. How does he look like a bad dude? Because he's because he has his hand up and he's walking away. What makes him look like a bad dude? Oh wait, he's a large black man. So I, I don't want to hear the narrative that police don't profile. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Kyle and I spent some time. It was yesterday watching the videos. Anybody can find pretty easily both angles of the shooting and. I think what's challenging about this is we, we're all put in the position of being the armchair quarterback and you start looking at things in the video and in this video, yeah, it's on video, but you really don't see a lot of the actual shooting itself because it's from far away, it's grainy, and then they, the actual whatever happens is covered up uh, by a line of the, the officers that were standing there. I think what's important to remember I'm looking here at some of the the protesters that were gathered recently at the Tulsa County Courthouse. They're calling for justice, and many of their signs say, didn't have to kill him. And I think that's what's really important to remember in this, is why did one officer... It's Okay, it's one thing, Kyle, you and I have talked about this before. It's one thing if an officer genuinely feels like okay this person's reaching in their pockets if i've told Mm -hmm. them don't reach in your pockets and they're reaching Mm -hmm. in their pocket even if he's unarmed the officer doesn't know that they're unarmed if you're reaching in your pocket uh and you haven't told the told them i don't have a gun i'm on whatever you know i don't know if you're reaching your pockets and they told you don't reach in your pockets you shouldn't reach in your pocket but that also doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you should get killed like you the 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 um the one officer used a taser mm-hmm. while the other officer shot a fatal shot with their gun. That, to me, is a point that a court, that's where this, this needs to be looked at in court, to say, okay, what's the protocol? Why did one officer use a taser, which seems to be appropriate here? Mm-hmm. Uh, s- some have said, well, he was on drugs, or the, the officer is quoted as saying, I thought he was on uh, PCP, I believe, and, and those sorts of things. 
still that the sentence of being on PCP is not to be shot. It's not to be killed. They didn't have to kill him. And I think that's what's very, very, very important to remember. I don't think we don't have to say Terrence Crutcher was perfectly behaved or a perfect human being or whatever, because we just don't know. That's not even our first of all, we don't know because we can't tell in the video. We weren't there and we don't know him and it's, it's none of our business. But we do know that his behavior didn't deserve death. And did she feel threatened? Okay, again, back to the protocol. What's the protocol? Why is one officer using a taser and one is using a gun? Seems like they both should have been using a gun or they both should have been using a taser. You know, I want to point out to you guys, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, um, is that one of the things that I noticed is when things like this happen, the media um, plays a side. Yes. And um, mm-hmm. and right now, it's, you know, they're playing the side of Officer Betty. Uh, there was a recent uh, press release that actually has a couple of points that they want to point out regarding Officer Betty, and I'm going to read them to you guys. So the first point is that Shelby's husband, also a police officer, was actually seated in the helicopter that circled the area during the time of the shooting. Um, Second point is Shelby is a drug recognition expert and has admitted to previously using marijuana. Uh, Shelby was in the Oklahoma National Air Guard before going to law enforcement. Shelby had no disciplinary actions against her while she was working at the sheriff's office. And then last but not least, Shelby has been praised for helping the community. And then it shows her standing with um, a black couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, and uh, yeah, it's this, the, I just, I, I don't trust our media. Our, our American media is like a $3 bill, man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what, whichever outlet you go to, if you go to one extreme, um, protesters are thugs you know if you go to the other extreme um the victim is often um deified i mean is often uh you know glorified you know another one is so i so our media our media there there's just no uh pun intended fair and balance (laughs) yeah so yeah they they usually go out of their way to say i just can't believe officers such and such would do such a thing have such a sterling record, and then they go and find a, a, a mugshot picture of the person who's dead, even though who, that mugshot could have been five years ago, you yeah. know, or they point out the fact that, you know, th- this person may have been on drugs, this person may have, uh, uh, this person had a past criminal record. All of those things have nothing to do with hands in the air, n- no, no physical threat whatsoever. I mean, how many feet were they from him? I mean, they, they, there was a substantial distance. He wasn't charging toward them. Uh, right. So th- there was, there's no way you can spin that as I felt threatened. I mean, yeah. it's just the, the, we, um, not just as far as, you know, blacks in our treatment, black men, our treatment. I just think that the way we police in this country overall is, is, is horrible. And, and, and we, there needs to be mass um, reformation in the way that police officers police the people. Um, you know, often it, it, some of them act like they're in a, that we live in a police state, like we live in, in Russia or something like that. Um, it, it's, 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 again, 
it's the narrative, man. A, a large black man um, is viewed as a threat. Sadly, viewed as, viewed as the, even with arms up. Um, yeah, I, 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 these situations they just they just they just zap everything out of me, and it's it's so deflating because you know I live in a world that now I, I have a black son, and I'm already thinking and and and. And, and praying and wondering how I'm going to navigate my black son in 10 years from now when he's driving. Um, how am I going to help navigate him through this world that we live in where he's automatically, in, in many cases, not all, or some, he's often perceived as uh, guilty before the, before the uh, truth even comes out. So. Yeah. <clears throat> For me, and <laughs> all right, well, I'm gonna be honest. I am, I'm sick and tired of um, of black men, black women, people of color, and even I, I will say this: there, there's also been um, white brothers and sisters that that have been killed by police. Mm-hmm. But there have been a significant amount of black men and women being killed unjustly, and I'm tired of it. And it took everything out out of me when the next day I learned that, hopefully we'll talk about this next week, Keith Scott, who was also killed, another unarmed black man killed right after Terrence uh, yeah. in Charlotte. Yeah. It took a lot of, out of me. Um, yeah. And and the reason why it took a lot of, out of me and there was no comfort is because it, it angers me to see other Christian brothers and sisters deny our reality. There's, yeah. there's nothing to argue about. At this point, I don't want to go back and forth with anybody. Look at the news. But the problem is, is that when you pull up uh, the, uh, the these uh, press from the media, which portrays that this this black man or this black woman was dangerous, um, the same brothers and sisters uh, go to that source and 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 believe that there's more truth in a in an article from from media than from someone who actually experienced this type of treatment from cops yeah that's what what gets under my skin because i i just want to know how many more shootings it would take for the church yeah. to say hey there is a real problem going on yeah and the, the 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 only thing that's been keeping me going is when we're able to have conversations like this with brothers and sisters who actually say you know what as a white brother and sister, I now see what's going on. Educate me. Tell me what you guys have been through. So, I think, as Tyler said, and not I think, I know that this killing was not justified. He was walking away, had his hands in the air. He, there was no weapon on him. It was multiple cops surrounding him. I don't know about anybody else, but I've had guns pulled out on me from cops. And the first thing you're thinking about, like, man, I don't want a gun pointed at me. What if it goes off? You're scared. You're not just calm. 
And if he's mm-hmm. walking away, the man is scared for his life. And you know what? Rightly so. He should have been scared. Because not only was he shot, he was tasered before he was shot. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just my question is, and this is this, and I'm waiting for an answer because again, the argument is obey the law, obey the law, obey the law, obey the law. Why does the force always, well, not always, I mean, I use extremes. Why does the force so often have to be so extreme? Right. Mm-hmm. Eric Gardner is choked by how many police officers were out there when that man was choked? Right. Four or five. Yeah. Why does the force right. always have to be so extreme? I just do not understand that. Um, I, can't, I can't remember who it was. They pointed out that uh, Dylan Roof walked into a church and killed nine people. Guilty as sin, and he is alive right now. Yeah. Um, the force is just, it's, it's, it's all, it's, it's a different thing when it comes to um, black men in this country. The man who, the, the man who they, um, who bombed, who set off a bomb in, um, set off a bomb in New York. Mm-hmm. They, isn't he alive? Is he? He's alive, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but right. selling cigarettes, um, maybe selling a bootleg DVD, Alton, uh, Alton, Alton Sterling. Sterling yeah. Um, Sean Bell waiting in. The, you know, it's just. Oh my goodness. Philando reaching to get his ID yeah. after he after prepped after you asked for it. Right. After he you said, asked I'm for the pull out my ID. Yeah, it's, yeah. And one thing, this is what I was mentioning earlier, I think with all of these protests and we talk about injustice, people have to remember the history of our country and its long and short history where white police officers, you know, you could go back to the 60s, for example, you could literally do anything you wanted to a black individual often a black male, and there were zero ramifications to yeah. that in the mm-hmm. court system. And and that's where this stems from. And I recently heard, and I'll, I'll keep the name anonymous, but it was a sheriff, and the sheriff was reflecting on, it was a white sheriff, and they were reflecting on their years of service. And honestly, the sheriff seemed like a good guy, seemed, seemed you know, like, that's why I want to keep their name anonymous. But they said there's never been a time in their long tenure that's been more difficult to be a law enforcement officer than right now. And mm-hmm. I, I could tell what they were saying, you know, in a veiled in a veiled way. It was obvious what they were saying. And they said, look, there's point. He said, most all officers are good people. They have families. They're good people. They're there to serve. There's 0.1% of 0.1% that are that are bad, that are bad people. And mm-hmm. what's so hard and tragic and painful is we lump in all the good ones, you know, with these 0.1% that, that are bad. And then he says, we get our officers from the same pool as everyone else, the human race. So in the yeah. human race, mm-hmm. there's always going to be 0.1%, you know, 0.1% that are, that are bad and do these bad things. And when I heard that, and this was recently, this was actually last week, I heard that and I thought, you you really don't understand what these protests are about. Uh, these protests are about a judicial system that mm-hmm. has turned a blind eye for generations uh, that has allowed white officers to kill, beat, whatever they want to do, you know, mm-hmm. mock uh, blacks, 
uh, at will without any repercussion whatsoever. And so the most fierce uh, protests you see, let's say Baltimore, we have Freddie Gray who was killed by because of negligence of cops. It's just this black guy. Maybe they would call him a black thug. I don't know. They throw him in this truck van. He dies. Um, none of those officers get charged with anything. That's where the protests come from to say, well, if you have a badge, you can kill at will. And I just wish that some, like the sheriff, um, like Dabo Sweeney, others would be able to see that this is the country that people of color know. Uh, so when yeah. Dabo Sweeney says, this is a great country, I don't know basically what Colin's talking about. He, he did the line, Tyler, you talked about, he said, uh, Dabo Sweeney is the head coach of Clemson, made some comments about Collins, um, you know, kneeling. And Dabo says, you know, those people can move to another country if they don't like this country. This is a great, <laughs> this is a great country. I love this country. Uh, we should honor and respect this country. And again, your country as a white man from the South, whatever your personal family history is, I don't know if your grandfather owned slaves, but you certainly have had a different country upbringing than uh, Terrence Crutcher did. Than, you probably own one of my relatives. Than, <laughs> than Kyle or Tyler did when they think about this country. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a very narrow, narrow, nearsighted, uh, even selfish thing to say because I'm white and I've grown up with money my whole life. Maybe it's not even money, but I, I've grown up without police pulling their gun on me when they pull me over all these things i can say this is a great country and tyler and kyle and colin and everybody else that's black you better say it's a great country too and if you don't like it you can get out of our country and don't protest either Davo says because protesting is what causes the division it, that's it, so sad to me it, it, it th that it, th that doesn't make any sense the one of the practical things I see is the riots, I believe it was either 67 or 60, uh, 67 or 68 riots that happened in Detroit happened because a black man was abused by police officers mm -hmm. and uh, wrongfully. And what, what, what happened, what used to happen back in the day is they used to, four police officers, four white police officers, two in the front, two in the back, would ride around and they would raise hell. That's right. And mm -hmm. they, they wouldn't they wouldn't ask questions. They wouldn't they would beat people at will, they would arrest people at will, and they would they would raise hell in the streets of Detroit and then go back to their suburban, uh, beautiful suburban uh, living. And what happened in, in, in the riot, Detroiters said, you know what, we're sick of this. We are sick of people and, and and so to my point, one of the practical things is there has to be one of the things I see that we can do practically, and, I, and I, this may be extreme, but I don't want anybody policing me that doesn't live in my neighborhood. If you if you if you if you don't live in Detroit, I don't think you should be a police officer in Detroit. Yeah. You don't you don't know you don't know the city you don't know this culture. You, 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 this is just a job to you. You're not invested in this city. This is a paycheck. Um, and, and that was one of the major things that happened when, 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 when a lot of the white police officers started moving to the suburbs and start moving out of the city and then coming back to just to police it. These are just, these are just the inmates. You know, th these aren't people. 
These aren't these aren't your neighbors. This is just a job to you. So I, I really feel that that to 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 effectively police a community, you should be invested there. It shouldn't That's be right. something you come do your job, you come lock some people up, harass them, and then and, and then go back to fill yep. in the blank suburb twenty minutes away. We're gonna use that Kyle jump in if you want to say something before we transition because that will lead us right into uh, our topic of the day which is how the hood became the hood did you want to say something yeah just to transition and piggyback on the importance of living in that same neighborhood as we talk about um, in our churches um, I know Tyler is passionate about it Noah you're passionate about community because you're able to get to know the people that you're protecting mm-hmm. so that when you see this person on the street, you don't see him as a random criminal. You can actually call him by name mm-hmm. and say, for example, Hey Mike, what are you doing? Instead of saying, Oh, he's a big bad guy. Right. Right. Gotta take him down quick. Before we move on, let me ask you guys this because this actually was a challenge given to me by a white friend of mine in some of the blog posts that I do. He's he's learning, trying to, and he's doing doing well. He, he likes the stuff I write, but he's he has a way of tactfully challenging me, just kind of question, see the other side, you know, those sorts of things. So with Terrence Crutcher, um, if you watch the video, you see that his hands were definitely in the air as he backs towards his car. And then his hands do go down. They go down. Looks like um, possibly, I just watched it. Um, maybe he's grabbing the door handle or he's on the windowsill. I'm not sure, but he goes, his hands go down. I know uh, reading officer Betty, she was, you know, they were telling him not to do that, not to put his hands down. Again, he should not have been shot with a bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Mm-hmm. That is a different narrative than saying, and I say this to be fair, and I think mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to do that on this podcast. It's a different narrative than saying his hands were up when he mm-hmm. got shot, which actually mm-hmm. is what happened. Uh, why can't I, I can't remember the guy's name in Florida? I did a blog post on him. It was the the black guy that was the um, the caretaker for the mentally ill mm-hmm. Latino guy. If you watch that video, I mean that's case in point. That guy lived. His hands were up in the air. He was on the ground saying, don't shoot. It's a truck, you know, the toy truck that the mentally ill guy had. It's just a toy truck. Don't shoot. And he ends up getting shot. The black guy gets shot. That is hands up. Don't shoot. Um, This, again, he should not have been shot with a bullet. I can't say from the video that he looked like he was a threat. But the testimony of the officer is his hands went down video shows him going down they say his hands go into the car i'm not saying he should have been shot with a bullet at that point but mm-hmm. i do think that that changes the narrative a little bit mm-hmm. and i'd like to hear i guess what you guys think about that yeah so, i don't though i i don't i don't think that cha- i don't think that changes the narrative okay mm-hmm. um the whole my whole point is he was not a threat right no one to use to use fatal force um for what my limited understanding of the pol- of police and policing is, they're only supposed to use extreme force when their life is at danger or one of their colleagues' life is in danger. Exactly. To something to that extent. 
No one's life was in danger. Where's the line it, drawn where but, the officer can say, I thought he was reaching for a weapon? But that's subjective. That's why you have tasers. <laughs> exactly. And it, that's, that's what I believe. It's like, if he was going in his pocket, listen, I'm, I'm a ratchet type of guy. I'd rather for you to beat the guy and taser him than to kill him. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of just, like, I'm so used for uh, to us getting hit upside the head by cops. And and at the, the, the next day, we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Instead of the next day trying to get funeral arrangements together for somebody who's getting killed. Because if I was reaching in my pocket, what happened to cops screaming, put the weapon down, warning him? Right. And it's like, too many of these guys are getting killed and there's no gun being found. So it's like, if your life was in danger, I mean, you got multiple officers right. around you pointing Three. guns. Three. Yeah. Three. Three four, officers. Four total. Four on one. Yeah. Yeah. And and obviously, um, from what Terrence's sister was kind of talking about was that uh, basically she he sent her a text message and um, I guess he's trying to get his life together. So th there's a possibility that he had a struggle with drugs. I mean, if this guy is high, you need to recognize that. It's not a reason to kill somebody. Exactly. For being yeah. It's not a, it's not I don't a care reason. if he's high. I don't care if he's Rick James high. Exactly. <laughs> and Rick James high is pretty high. What about Justin Case high? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like, like it, Tyler said. It shouldn't have been a death sentence. It shouldn't no. have been a death sentence. <laughs> and, and so I hope listeners hear that, and that's yeah. why I bring it up. Yeah. Because uh, what he did didn't deserve a death sentence. At all. Yeah. At all. That's and, what's frustrating. And, and, and that's where the justice system needs to come into play and these police protocols, and that's why the Justice Department, the federal Justice Department, looks at these cases. And that's why we protest. We protest to say these need to be looked at. The protocol needs to be looked at. Why was one officer tasing and another is shooting with a bullet? simultaneously yeah uh, one of them was breaking protocol yeah the protocol should be uh, to tase first and if you ask an officer an officer's gonna tell you of course they're not tr they don't want to kill somebody so why does this keep happening over and over and over again I want to say one thing so I have I have a, uh, a good friend of mine who mentioned um, that he remembers this story that his friend, told him who's his friend is uh, actually just retired from the Tulsa Police Department right and he mentioned that as an officer as a black officer he will witness some of the white officers the, their desire get, just now getting on the force was to go to the hood to get their stripes <laughs> put in work mm -hmm. which means that they're willing to get into fights, shootouts. They want to do it because that is something that they hold on to as, as we would say, hood cred. Or just, this is my I, this is my credit. I put in work. I, I, you mm -hmm. know, I got into a fight with a black guy. This was their mentality. Mm -hmm. So when we, when, when, there's context behind why we're upset at these uh, officer, uh, officers shooting us because... This has been the mentality that we've had to deal with in our communities. Right. 
Because in our communities, when you see a cop roll up, it's not, oh, man, what's up? The cops are here. That's cool. It's like, hey, man, the cops are here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And what you're getting to is a cultural problem within law enforcement that's very different than the sheriff that I quoted saying, you know, it's 0.1% of 0.1% that are these evil, you know, bad officers, these bad apples. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about is a culture that's existed since the you know Detroit riots of the 60s mm-hmm. pr- prior to that you I mean you can go all the way back to the lynchings and and all these sorts of things um, all the way back to slavery there's been this culture there and where the protests are effective where Colin taking a knee is effective is it does make law enforcement have to talk about this stuff in their trainings and it hasn't been talked about up until the last few years these are the things that need to be that need to change and need to be talked about and have to be honest and just say we got to get rid of the culture. It's, I think of it like football. Um, I played football a few years ago for a Lansing, you know, traveling team. It's bragging. Yeah, it's 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 not very impressive. But I don't want to talk <laughs> to the guys that I played with. Um, so the goal in football is to tackle somebody, but there's an intimidation culture in football. So if you're a defensive back. Uh, in football, you actually want to annihilate someone to get in their head. So the next time they come over the middle, they'll be scared. Mm-hmm. Well, that has nothing to do with football. That's where a lot of these extreme injuries come from, though. But it, there's an intimidation culture. And what you were just describing, Kyle, just kind of reminds me of the same thing, mm-hmm. where there's an intimidation culture uh, There's a yeah. there that's, that's separate from what the job itself is supposed to entail. Mm-hmm. It, it, what, what I, how I try to explain it to a lot of my white friends. Uh, so my wife, um, my wife and another, and another um, family, they were at the park. Um, the other family was white. Um, we homeschooled, so we got a ton of, uh, ton of white homeschool families. <laughs> Shout out to all my homeschool families. Uh, Ref that homeschool squad. So, no um, <laughs> so, so my wife was out with one of her white homeschool families, and they were at the park. So a police officer walks up. And um, the mother stopped what she was doing and said, "Let's to her sons, let's go thank officer such and such. Let's go thank the police officer for serving our community. And my wife said she just looked at that and was like, that thought did not cross my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. as, 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 as black people, because of how we are policed, how we are treated, we are 100% naturally skeptical of police, even black ones, yeah. mm-hmm. even black police officers. Just because of years and years of being policed like animals, being policed <laughs> and treated like like the inmates on the streets. And so that should not is, be the case. This is a funny, a funny little quick thing. So to show you how true this is, and I hope my niece who's now in college, when she was uh, preteen, right? The biggest joke was that she was scared of police. So we were, we were like, we'll be on the block, right? And we'll say... Hey, Demia, the cops are coming. And she would run in the house. <laughs> it was such a big joke. It was like, you're a preteen. What are you scared of the police for? But this is like the, the culture she grew up in. It's like, it's because it's, every time we, if we're standing like it, on, on like in front of the house and in Detroit, uh, the people that roam the hoods are the, the narcos, the narcotics team. Mm-hmm. Every time they saw us, Hey, y'all got any guns? Any crack? And I can't tell you, and this is the, my reality. How many times I had to put my hand 
on a cop car as they search yep. me. I got searched on my prom night, y'all. I'm standing by a rental car. My <laughs> brother, who's with me, like fixing up my tie, and then another one of his homeboys, they pull up on us, tell us to put our hands on the car. They, first of all, they, they don't we're not we don't have any drugs or nothing. But they tell us to put our hands on a car. They check us. My brother say, hey, man, my brother is going to prom. Can you let him go? Mm. And they left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not going to be it's a... In, go it's ahead, our Tom. reality, man. I'm just saying it's our reality. I was yeah. in uh, I was in another city. I'm not, I'm not going to name the, the city. I'm not going to name the uh, pastor that I was with. But two two black pastors... And we had and a white pastor friend sitting in the back, and we get pulled over by the police. Me and another pastor in the front seat, mm-hmm. and they pull his information. Blah 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 blah. Come back to the car, give him his ID. Y'all look like somebody we're looking for, and just walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And th- this is a this is a car with three pastors, two black, one white, mm-hmm. and 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 all they over. They probably thought you abducted that white guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know this white guy yeah so i'm not gonna say his name so. well for for time's sake we're gonna save our topic of the day it'll be topic of the day next time how the hood mm-hmm. became the hood sweet we yeah. have a really good one honestly we have a clip from the documentary race the power of an illusion by California Newsreel and PBS. I'd encourage people to go get it and watch the whole thing. We're gonna just going to play a little clip of it next week. We'll be talking some from the Divided by Faith book as well. But before we go, we want Justin Case to be happy. And so we are indeed going to bring in his hero. His, uh, I think Justin, uh, well, I'll save that. I'll save that for the interview. But uh, at this time, Tyler, we're going to bring in everyone's favorite superhero, and that is the Black Superman. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's, it's... The Black Superman who calls to the other guy. Catch me if you can. Hey, what's up, y'all? How's it going? Black Superman. Oh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Gotta put my secret out. Hey, what's going on, man? Tyler, man, you know I gotta greet the black person first. How you doing, brother? What's going on, Unc? Man, I'm doing good, man. Slow motion, baby. Slow motion. How you doing, my beautiful white angel? Well, I'm a little intimidated. I'm the only white guy on right now on the show. I'm kind of like the token white guy. It's kind of intimidating. Well, you're you're an Edomite. That's right. That's right. Listen, Your son of Edom. <laughs> that's right, exactly. And I'm telling you, man, I had a girl back in the day that lived in Edom. Man, I'm telling you, man, she was fine, fine as wine. And listen, we need white people with us. I mean, don't you see these brothers getting shot down? I do. Man. You never see a white person with them when yeah. that happens. You know, the, the, the true story, I've been shot before by cops. I mean, the bullet didn't penetrate, but I've been shot. Yeah, you should carry me around with you. I'll be like a shield. Uh, see, if I carry a white person around, it, it looks suspicious. Honestly. Yeah. You know. I can see that. Yeah. You'll get, kidna- you get a kidnapping charge. That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, Black Superman, I have yeah. two children. Uh, 
four-year-old and a three-year-old daughters. They're big fans of yours. Oh, really? It, it, yeah, and you know how it is. I don't know if you're a, a dad or not. Uh, I sowed my royal seeds <laughs> along this earth, so who knows? Hercules was my son. They thought he was Zeus. I was like, who the heck is Zeus? Hercules is my son. Look at him. So my kids, so you can relate as a father then. You yeah. can relate. They, you are their favorite superhero. Oh know? man! They have, and, and as a dad, I like to. They, they want me to do impersonations, you know, of some yeah. of their favorite superheroes. So they'll be like, "Daddy, be the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. You know, be uh, Thor. Be Black Superman." Yeah. And so I thought I would do my impersonation for you. Oh man, do it, man! I want to hear it. So when I do it for my daughters, I, I put, uh, I, I put on a Superman outfit, of course, uh, uh-huh. and a cape. Put on some Hershey syrup, you know, just to kind of. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> and then uh, blackface. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> and we're like, hey kids, uh, you think you know? You think you know who Harriet Tubman uh, built the, the Underground Railroad? But that was me. Uh, I'm Black Superman built that railroad. No, no slave was able to do that. And then they laugh. That was the most racist impersonation. <laughs> I don't sound like that, do I? Do I sound like no, that? No, sir. No, sir. See, that's the thing. First of all, and then you want to mention the Hawk and Thor. The Hawk is on PCP and Thor smokes crack. Because he keeps talking about his world is somewhere else. Brother, your world ain't nowhere else. You guys and have, it's, it's have like, a rivalry, don't you? I, listen, all these superheroes, they on drugs. I'm the only clean one out here. And they you know what? Test. Kids shit like me. Listen. You know, what's your kid's name? I don't think I want to say that on there. Okay, you know, you know what? Yeah, it's kind of like I, ju- just in case we, we like to use fake names. Right? Okay, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, just tell them, listen, Black Superman love you, and I'm glad that you look up to me. Now, I hope that you stop putting chocolate syrup on your face impersonating <laughs> black people, because that's part of the reason why we had to start the Harlem Renaissance to get away from uh, shucking and jiving on TV. He, he actually wears blackface all of the time. Do he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I ought to laser both of your legs off right now. You should. I should, yeah. But yeah, man, how, how y'all doing, man? How, how are y'all holding up after these uh, killings? Uh, not too good. I'm scared to drive. Are you? Yeah. I'm scared to fly. I'm white. I ha- I'm fine. <laughs> of course. I'm not scared. Of course. Of course. See, when I fly around now, I got to have a list of all the white people I helped in the past, and they let me go. <laughs> and that's what I got to do. Have you hung out with Charlie Puth recently? You know... I talked to Charlie Puth. After and, the last uh, episode? He, well, what did he think of, that, of what you said about him? You know, Charlie Puth actually called me. He has a drug problem right now. <laughs> so I had to kind of pay off his dealer. He owed $100,000 in oh, uh, wow. coke money to a guy from, in Boston. So I had to, you know, go up to talk to him. I said, look, man, Charlie Puth, he doesn't mean to spend all of his money on coke, okay? You know, I'm, I'm going to pay off his debt. And, you know, you know me, I... uh. I had to pay him off in gold and diamonds that I found over there in Africa. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. Well, I'll just have you know, in downtown Lansing, uh-huh. they play Charlie Puth's song that talks smack about you. Yeah. But they've never played the Black Superman theme song. See, 
the thing is about Lance is, uh, first of all, uh, it's a lot of white people down here. Uh, and the only yeah. black people I saw down here was begging for change. I had to go up to one of them. I said, brother, stop begging. Go get stop a job. Stop begging for change. Go get a job. Go get a job, brother. Pull, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's right. That's right, man. You, you know, we, we looking bad out here. But, you know, one good thing about Lansing is that, you know, they love to, you know, uh, support uh, black people. They, they love supporting us for some reason. They give them change. They give That's them right. change. That's right. They give us change. They give us sandwiches and everything. I, so what I do, as a matter of fact, when I leave this podcast, I'm going to give me a, a sandwich from next door. <laughs> this might be the worst black Superman interview of all time. Why is that? That's just what I think. You know, I don't care what your white racist mind think. <laughs> this is the best black Superman interview that we've ever done. Uh, Kyle, do you think you could mute uh black superman's mic for us hey man i'm sorry black superman <laughs> uh <laughs> i got a little out of control yeah man he smells like whiskey did you smell why like does he think everyone is on drugs i mean charlie Puth, he's on drugs charlie Puth is gonna sue us now for uh slander lie y'all I, I don't even know who he is yeah he's gonna sue y'all only I you and black superman knew who charlie Puth is I mean, he, I guess he could sue Black Superman. That'd be fine. We yeah. can get him in touch with his people. That's cool. And then we're okay, legal. But I, I think Black Superman actually messed up ties with his people because I... I'm not sure he has any real friends. I, I, All I don't the, think so either. He hates every other superhero. I guess Michael the Archangel and him sounded a little tight. Other yeah. Because Michael, is, he's a righteous guy. Yeah, that's so true. he kind of still loves him beyond his issues. That's very true. Well, hey, this wraps up episode three of the Chopping It Up podcast. We want to remind you to email us, just like Justin Case did, to our mailbag, choppingitup at gmail.com. You can check Tyler out at his blog, Tyler P, that's the letter, speaks.com. My blog is at a crossroads.net and you can find Kyle's music at soundcloud.com slash servants corner. Please subscribe to the podcast on Podbean or iTunes. We will see you next. We won't actually see you. You will listen to us next week. You are you are really off your game today. Hey, don't you judge are. me. Don't judge me. I don't like you. You don't have to like me, but you have to love me. I'm praying about that. <laughs> I'm praying for an exception clause. <laughs> I love everyone. Jesus loves all the little children, all the little children of the world, red, yellow, black, and white. And if you want to donate to the black kids, <laughs> please send a donation to our PayPal. <laughs> Blackkids.com. Jesus loves the little children. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>